0: John chapter 1, verse 19. And this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent the priests and the Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? we need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one who I do not know, Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him
1: Thanks, Jamie. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Please do keep that passage open. That would be really helpful. Um, That song we just sang was one of the best prayers we could really pray before coming to God's Word. Uh, So let's dive straight in. Uh, This is our second week in John's Gospel. Uh, You might have been here last week, uh, but if you weren't, uh, it was a bit like a film trailer. Uh, The first 18 verses of John's Gospel, he kind of shows us the highlights of the whole Gospel uh, to kind of say, look at this, this is going to be worth reading. The next thing that he does is he he brings us down to ground level. Uh, He shows us a week in the life of Jesus. Uh, You'll notice in the second half of chapter one, nearly every paragraph starts with the next day, the next day. And the first thing uh, that John shows us in this week is John the Baptist bursting onto the scene uh, in the area around Jerusalem. Uh, This is a different John to the John who writes John's gospel. Uh, but it seems that everybody in the area was talking about him. Sometimes people just kind of burst onto the scene, don't they? Uh, you might remember the 11th of September, 2021. Can you remember what happened then? You might remember that uh, a young 18-year-old suddenly won uh, the US Open, and suddenly everybody was talking about Emma Raducanu. Uh, did you see the game? Who is she? Where has she even come from? Uh, or maybe a little bit more niche. Uh, maybe you watched the first Sherlock series, and uh, everyone starts saying, "Who's this guy, Ben Benedict Cumber something? Cumberbatch. Um, uh, weird name, but amazing actor. I'm sure he's going to be a star." And in some ways, uh, it was kind of similar with John the Baptist at the time. He was the talk of the town. Uh, probably people were saying, "Have you heard about that guy preaching in the desert?" who is he? What's he saying? I've heard that he wears clothing made of camel's hair, and he eats locusts and wild honey. Maybe camel hair vests even became fashionable for a bit. Okay, maybe that's pushing it. Maybe that's pushing it a little bit. Um, But not surprisingly, it seems that uh, John had caused ripples of interest uh, among the religious leaders in Jerusalem. They wanted to know who he was, what he was doing and they'd heard uh, about this sort of religious disturbance that was happening in the desert. Uh, And so they sent some people out from Jerusalem to see who he was and what he was doing, kind of like roving reporters being sent out. Uh, But it was more than that, it was kind of like a spot check to make sure that he wasn't gonna cause problems for the Jewish religious elite. It could have been quite alarming for John. People got locked up at the time if uh, they didn't, uh, or if they got on the wrong side of the religious elite. Uh, But John, he doesn't seem phased. So imagine uh, these kind of roving reporters rocking up and interviewing John. Uh, These uh, folks arrive, uh, and what's their first question? It's, It's there in verse 19. They say, who are you? To which John answers, I am not the Christ." Uh, meaning, I'm not the promised Messiah from the Old Testament. Uh, Christ just being the Greek word for Messiah. Uh, okay, so you're not the Christ. Uh, what then? Are, are you Elijah? Elijah had, had been taken up to heaven and the Jews were expecting to come, him to come back at some point. John says, I am not. Okay, um, are you the prophet? Moses had promised that a future Prophet uh, who would be like Moses would come and would lead his people to freedom. No, says John. It's almost comic, isn't it? John, he just nopes them, doesn't he? Every question. No, nope, not me. It kind of reminds me of a recent uh, hospital checkup I went to where they asked the same questions that they do every time uh, Have you changed your address? Nope. Have you changed your phone number? Nope. Have you got COVID? Nope. Are you listening? Nope. I mean, yes, I am listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John is just not interested in talking about himself, is he? Uh, and so they finally say to him in desperation, Who are you? Are we, we need to give an answer to the people who have sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John finally says to them, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. He answers them carefully quoting the prophet Isaiah. uh, And he essentially says, I'm just a voice. I'm here to prepare the way for the Lord. Uh, John uses this quote from Isaiah to explain his role. He is there to point people to the Messiah. Uh, In some ways, he's basically saying that his role is the same as the whole of the Old Testament. Uh, The whole purpose of the Old Testament was to point people to the Messiah and show them that they needed a Savior uh, and a true King. But John says, I'm not the one, I'm not the fulfillment of the Old Testament. In some ways, it's helpful to think of John the Baptist as the last Old Testament prophet. Uh, The other Old Testament prophets pointed to the Messiah from a distance, uh, but John was able to point straight at him. You see, after hundreds of years of the people waiting for this Messiah to come, John tells them this incredible news that the Messiah is finally here. Uh, Verse 26, he says, Among you stands one you do not know, i.e., he's here, he's come, you just haven't seen him yet. And then John says, I'm not even worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. We we read at the the start of this passage, verse 19, this is the testimony of John. John, But what is John the Baptist's testimony? Well, he doesn't say anything about himself, does he? Everybody wanted to know about him. But again and again, he just stresses to them it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior. He's the one you need. He's the one who should have the glory. In a world that so often encourages us to think, it's all about me. It's a really striking attitude, isn't it? Here's an example of the way the world so often encourages us to think. Check out this clip from the...
0: Lot sugar needs to pick me because I am the next billion dollar unicorn. I've got a, a nice little, nice
1: big monovra. Uh, for the last 10 years, people have been telling me, pluck it out, be like everybody else, have two eyebrows. But Karthik, or the big K, is not somebody who's like everybody else. Everybody else wants to be like Karthik. I'm competitive as a leader. I believe in being an emperor, not a tyrant. So when I enter a certain social scene, I immediately take up the leadership role, whether or not the crown is placed on my head. I've got my first property by the time I was 30 years old, six years after stepping in foot in the UK. Imagine what I could do if I was here for the rest of my life. I'm not in this to make millions, I'm in this to make Billions with a capital B, sky's the limit. There is no limit. I love that guy. Uh, He goes on to say after that that the sky's the limit is putting a limit on him to say that. Um, uh, He's not lacking in self-esteem. But our culture encourages us to market ourselves, doesn't it? Uh, To say, I am. I am the one uh, that you want. Uh, I can sort things out for you. Uh, the message of nearly every Disney film is, is that you can do anything. But that puts huge pressure on us uh, pressure to perform. Uh, maybe you feel the pressure to be amazing, uh, to live a TikTok or Instagram worthy life. And maybe that's at school, trying to keep up with the sports pros who seem to score with every, every time they get the ball, uh, or keeping up with the A star academic crowds. Or in the workplace, where we're so often rated on performance, aren't we? Uh, And we have to manage our image and make sure that we get exposure to the right people in the office. Or even in ministry, it can be so easy to feel like we need to be the Savior. Uh, We need to sort out everybody's problems. Uh, It's all down to us. The normal state of all our hearts is to try and build our lives without God. Now, we're proud. One author writes, spiritual pride is the illusion that we are competent to run our own lives, achieve our own sense of self-worth, and to find a purpose big enough to give us meaning in life without God. But John, John the Baptist doesn't fall into that trap, does he? He says, I am not. I am not the Messiah. I am not the one you need. But he is. That's a really difficult thing to say. Uh, But it's not that John has low self esteem or something. Uh, He's not saying he's rubbish. He's just saying that compared to the one to come, he is nothing. Uh, Because the the fantastic news is that there is one who can take the weight of being the Saviour. He is worthy of it, Uh, he is big enough for it. He offers us acceptance and worth without performance. He offers us far greater meaning and purpose in life than we can ever find on our own. Uh, he offers us peace in knowing that it's not all down to us. And that is so liberating. The Bible says that it's actually when we, when we look away from ourselves uh, to the one who is worthy, uh, that's when we really find ourselves. Uh, we find acceptance uh, and purpose and peace. And so when we sense pride rising up at our achievements, uh, or we feel like everything rests on us, and, and we either feel really proud or we feel really anxious and overwhelmed, we can pray the, the John the Baptist prayer. Uh, we can say, Lord, remind me that I am not the Messiah. That I can't save it. It's not about me. It's about him. Not me, but him. And that hymn is Jesus. Back when I was a teenager in sixth form, I used to do some competitive indoor climbing. And I kind of knew who the good guys were in the northeast scene and how I compared to them. And yet, there was a couple of times uh, that this guy came in to train and he was just on a completely different level. Um, I, if I tried anything that he was doing, I, I couldn't even hold onto the holds that he was holding or do any of it, I felt like a complete beginner. And, and I thought, this guy, he's got to be one of the best in the UK. He must be famous, uh, but no, I just could not work out who he was, I couldn't find him in any of the magazines or anything. Um, but I used to say to my friends, have you seen that, that guy with the, the short brown hair, stocky, who is he? Who is he? He's got to be really, really good. Uh, but then one day, I was with my friends, and, uh, and this guy walked in, I was like, guys, guys, that's him. He's incredible. And it's a little bit like that with John, the ba- uh, uh, with John the Baptist in the next bit of this passage. You see verse 30, the next day, after answering all those questions uh, from these guys from Jerusalem, John sees Jesus coming towards him. And John says, this is he of whom I said, after he comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. John says, this is the guy whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He says, verse 31, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. How can John be so humble? I mean, imagine uh, a sort of famous uh, TikTok influencer or or someone with loads of followers of Twitter just just pointing everybody to someone else and saying, follow them instead. How can he say it's not about me? We see here that it's because Jesus is the Lord and he's the Lamb. Uh, John says that he is a voice pointing to the Lord. Uh, and when he says that Jesus was before him, he means that Jesus was there right at the beginning of time. Uh, he's the Lord of creation. Last week in John's Gospel, we read, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, so Jesus is the Lord in the sense that he's just in a completely different league to us. I don't think any of us could fling the stars into heaven, could we? But he's not just the Lord because he's powerful and we don't choose to glorify people just because they're powerful do we I mean I'm sure we can all think of loads of examples of people who are really powerful who we wouldn't choose to follow no he's the Lord he's worthy of all our praise because he's the lamb that's the first thing John cries out when Jesus comes towards him verse 29 behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world Uh, The biggest reason that he is Lord is because he's the lamb. But what does that mean? It doesn't mean he's a a fluffy lamb or a pet. No, John is saying that Jesus is going to die. You see, we're told elsewhere that John the Baptist uh, was the son of a temple priest, Zechariah. John would have known about the sacrifice of lambs in the temple. Uh, just like my son uh, knows about baptism, here's a, a picture of him baptizing a baby at school this week, Start starting him early. Uh, John would have seen lambs sacrificed at the temple to remember the first Passover. Uh, and the Passover was a, a, a festival when Israel remembered that God had rescued them from Egypt and had passed over them when bringing judgment on everyone. Uh, they were all subject to God's judgment. Uh, But those who were covered by the sacrificial lamb, uh, those who had sacrificed a lamb and and painted the blood of the lamb on their doorposts, uh, they were passed over, uh, and there was a sacrifice in their place, and they were saved. But how could a a little lamb ever be a sufficient sacrifice for a person? Uh, And how could it satisfy the requirements of an awesome, blazingly holy God and uh, we'll hear John the Baptist, the, the son of a temple priest, says, it's all explains the Passover, all those sacrificed lambs down through the years, they're all about him. They're all about Jesus. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He can bear the weight of that sacrifice. Uh, and Jesus' glory is the cross. At the cross, Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. He was punished for our sin so we could be treated as if we were him and accepted by God like we're part of the family. It was a swap. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Back in the American Civil War, uh, there were bands of outlaws raiding and robbing unsuspecting communities. Uh, And the story is told of a a band of outlaws in Kansas uh, who were captured by the local military. Uh, And the standard procedure at the time was to uh, execute them without delay. And so a trench was dug uh, and the men were lined up. Uh, And just as they were about to take the shots, uh, this guy ran in from the undergrowth and shouted, Stop, stop, stop. Uh, This guy here, uh, he's got a wife, he's got a new baby, let me take his place. Uh, It was a crazy appeal, but after discussion, uh, they allowed it, Uh, and one of the men stepped down from the line, and this other man took his place in the line, and he was shot dead. And later on, that rescued man went back, uh, and he buried the man who had taken his place. And on his grave, he inscribed these words Sacred to the memory of Willie Lee, he took my place in the line. He died for me. And Jesus took our place in the line. We don't know whether Willie Lee deserved to be in that lineup, uh, but what we do know is that Jesus certainly didn't. Uh, he was completely perfect, he'd done nothing wrong. In fact, he's the Lord of all creation. He had the world in the palm of his hands. And yet he stepped down and he took our place in the line. Jesus is Lord because he is the Lamb. And he's worthy of glory. And through God's words, uh, we too have heard and seen Jesus. uh, Just like John And so will we be like John? Not just seeing, but testifying and pointing to Jesus each and every day. Uh, As we look at the Lamb, uh, rather than bigging up ourselves or or staring at our own problems, uh, and as we point others to Jesus and away from themselves, we will find and we will offer peace. Uh, Peace in ourselves and peace with God let's pray Father God we're conscious that we so easily think that it's all about us and we either tend towards pride or or we feel overwhelmed and anxious and so we thank you so much for Jesus Thank you that he is able to save. Thank you that he is worthy. Thank you that he holds the world in his hands. And we pray that you would help us uh, this week uh, and each and every day to say, not me, but him. Uh, Help us to to glorify him in all that we do. Uh, Help us to serve others as we remember how he has served us. Help us to speak of him and point others to him.